Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Trying to told, try told him I'm a beast, bud. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. We're going to talk about going from average to savage. And this, this was uh, inspired by a direct message request from Mr. Ryan Martin. Shout out to Ryan Martin. Thank you for the request. And he was specifically asking how to grow and multiply your business. Okay. So I think first off is it starts with uh, mindset and vision followed by recruiting talent and duplication. And so let's not move too fast through that. Let me explain to you what I mean by that. And so the first thing is mindset. And so if you're going to multiply and build, the first thing you have to understand is, is that like when you're building a house, the first phase of building that house is vision, right? So you're putting your vision on paper. That's the first phase. The next phase of that is a bunch of dirt and mud get moved around and the bigger the building is going to be built. The higher the building, the deeper the ground, the, the more down you have to deep further down. And so you could spend tons of money and you could spend tons of time digging down, seeing only dirt, seeing only mud, seeing only crud and seeing no fruits of your labor. And I think to multiply and grow, that's a phase where a lot of people get beat at is, is a lot of dirty work has to be done before the fun stuff gets done. You start to see the, um, you know, after the, the ground work is laid, so to speak, and, and you, the framing gets in, it's a little bit more exciting, but it gets more exciting when the framework is done and the drywall is done. And now you start to see light fixtures coming in and the the, the house starts to look like a home and you got floors and all that stuff. It's like, okay, if I would have showed somebody this a year ago, two years ago, they wouldn't have been able to see the vision. They wouldn't have been able to see how could you spend that much money and time on something that looks so messy and you just still don't even have a house to live in. How could you spend that much time on growing a business and money when it looks messy and you don't even have a business that's rocking right now. And so I think that's where the multiplication starts out is, is, is you got to have a vision and you got to understand that it starts with the mindset. Having your mindset in the right direction. Mindset, look at it, is, is mindset. What is my mind set on? My mind is set on, I know I'm building this thing. It may take me an extra six months. It may take me an extra three months, but I'm going to get there. And even when other people can't see it, I'm going to see it. And in that beginning phase, people, you can't despise small beginnings. And so the beginning phases of multiplication, the funner multiplication is when 100 multiplies into 200. And when 50 multiplies into 100, that's fun. But when you're just getting one to, to multiply into two, and it took similar effort to get one to go to two as it does to get 50 to go to 100. It's demoralizing. It's draining. Because the effort that it requires to get two to turn into four sometimes is more dirty work and more effort than it requires to get 50 to turn into 100. 
And when 50 turns into 100, even if it's the same amount of work, you say, wow, we went 50 up from 50. That was worth it. But when you go from one to two and two to four, you're thinking, oh, man, all that work to only get to this, that's not worth it. And so that's why it all starts with mindset and vision. So you have to cast a clear vision to yourself and you have to cast a clear vision to others because the mistake that a lot of people make when they're building is that they can't vision cast to other people coming in the door. They're saying, well, how can I talk about doing this, making this much money or doing this when I have never done it myself? That's called sight. And I think the biggest enemy of vision is sight because we can only talk about what we see and what we do versus what we can see in our mind, which hasn't yet come to fruition yet. And, and the vision is what gets people on the mission. The vision is what recruits people. The vision is what attracts talent. The vision is what gets people on board. And so you got to have a, a clear vision yourself and you got to start to attract talent because you, I don't care who you are. You can't build anything big alone. And if you can't build anything big alone, then you got to have other people on this ride with you. And if you're going to have other people on this ride with you, you got to be able to attract talent. I, I think that the best recruiters always end up winning for the most part. Ask any good coach if they feel like they could win a national championship with average players against a coach that has great players, great talent. I think if you're close, I think if I have really good players and they got great players, a coach could make the difference. I think if we got, if I got nine talent, they got 10 talent, a coach can make the difference. But I don't know if a coach can make the difference from five talent and the other team got 10 talent very often. We could, we could upset somebody this game, but you can't build a career on that. If you're going to compete with Alabama, you better have Alabama athletes. I don't care how good of a coach you are. The, the Nick Saban at Bowling Green or Toledo, that same coach wasn't beating Alabama, wasn't beating Clemson with those teams very often. Same coach different players. So you got to be able to attract talent. So I think, you know, it boils down to if you're in a business, you know, I'll give you like our, our business is it's very important. Like the army is always recruiting colleges, always recruiting. We got to recruit. So when we're recruiting, you got to look at how many hours am I putting per week into recruiting? If that's a major thing for you, you look at your schedule and say, how many hours this week did I put into recruiting? Start there. Because so many people, they get their priorities out of whack. So if you want to multiply, you first got to have recruiting checked off the list. And when you're, when, when you're putting the time into recruiting and if you're doing it with a vision and passion, then you're probably going to attract the right talent if you're working on yourself. Multiplying means that that, that that eludes to you leading a group of other people. 
And so in order to lead other people, the first person you have to be able to lead is yourself. And that's the hardest person you have to be able to lead. And so I would encourage you to pouring time and energy into growing yourself. Because when we're talking about talent pool and recruiting talent, an eight is very, it's very difficult for an eight to recruit a 10 or a six to recruit a 10. And so if you're, if you're saying, I want to recruit eights, nines, and tens, and if, you, if you're real with yourself and you're like, I'm a six right now, you have to continue to work on yourself to develop yourself to be able to put the time in to attract the talent level of people that you would like to, to have on your team. And so what I'm talking to you about is personal growth. And so if, you know, John Maxwell used to always say, if you focus on goals, you may not always hit your goals. But if you focus on growth, you always end up hitting the goals. And that means personal growth. Focus your energy on growing people in order to multiply people. You have to grow yourself. So here's the growth plan. Grow yourself plus grow others equals explosive growth. So you got to pour time into growing yourself, pour time into growing others. You'll have explosive growth. Part of growing yourself is you're going to get your self-thinking bigger. Because I know if you're anything like me, when I first started out in the business, I didn't know how to think big. I didn't think big. Thank God I had a leader that knew how to think big. He got me thinking bigger. Whatever I did, he would, oh, you did great, man. You did 4,000 this week. Great. It's pretty soon we got to get you doing 20. It's time for you to start doing 10. I didn't think about that on my own. Now I think big. After that, I thought big. But in the beginning, my leader, my coach taught me how to think big. And if you're going to multiply, you have to look at pouring the time into people. I, I look at it, I give an example like chess, like checkers. So like in checkers, when you get a king, you get to put a second chip on top. And then now all the other pawn or all the other, whatever they call them, chips, checker chips, pawns, whatever pawns are, I think chess, right? So bear with me on me not having that exact verbiage. Okay. We'll call them a chip for now. Okay. If I'm, if, if I'm a regular chip in a checker game, I can only move like forward, move to an angle but I can move only really forward. When I'm a king, I can move backwards. I can move forwards. I can move side to side. That king could start to gobble up things because of the multiplication factor. And so when you're developing others, leaders, you pour in a bunch of time into that person and then you king me. We king that person. And when you king that person, now they turn into a multiplier. When you develop a person, now they turn in, into a multiplier. And so you got to encourage yourself saying, all right, it's going to be a lot of time for me to develop five people into true leaders. 
But if I get those five, now we could start to double. Those five turn into 10 in six months. Those 10 turn into 20 six months later. So we went from five to 20 in a period of 12 months. But it took us 12 months to get to five. Or it took us 24 months to get to five. And now in one year, we went from five to 20. You can't grow personally. You can't grow your organization if the leaders, quote, underneath you can't move on to bigger roles by leaving their roles in other people's hands. And so what we're talking about is duplication and delegation is that if you if I never would have duplicated myself into others in our business, Brody or Maddie D or whatever, you know, whatever people, then I would have to do all their jobs and the job that I'm currently doing right now. I rem if we're hiring people, let's say we're hiring a uh, hundred people in a month, which we hire more than that. Let's say we hire a hundred people in a month. I can't physically hire a hundred people myself and get all the other things accomplished for the, for the team. And so that took multiplication into others in delegation. And I think people make the mistake of thinking that delegation is duplication, but you can't delegate until you duplicate and duplicate is king me. I've developed that person first to do these things in order to develop them. It's real. I want to make it simple for you. It's I do it and you watch and then you do it and I watch and then you do it. Does it mean you can control everybody that you develop? No more than you can control your own children. You ever see a pastor, great person, have a kid and son or daughter goes off track and they do something they shouldn't do? All you can do is do your best. It happens. But... They're young. They made a mistake. Now we got to correct them. That's part of life. We develop them. You can't control the people. But I do it. You watch. You do it. I watch. And then you do it. And I develop that person until they can do it. And now we can multiply. Now we can get more things done. And so I think it was, it was fit to point out the first book that I really read from front to back, 21 Laws uh, of Leadership, John Maxwell. And it's the law of reproduction. And if Josh, you could pull that up here. It says, okay, the law of reproduction. Good leaders reproduce themselves by developing new leaders in fostering a culture of leadership development. Law of reproduction, reproducing. Good leaders reproduce themselves by developing new leaders and fostering a culture of leadership development. Are you fostering a culture of leadership development? Are you fostering a culture of followers? Are you fostering a culture of holding people down, holding people back? Insecure leaders want to be needed. Secure leaders want to be succeeded. I want to teach you what I know and I want you to take it to the next level. 
I'm not afraid because I can multiply and teach a bunch of people how to do this. So we got to have the mindset. We got to have the vision followed by recruiting and duplication. And when you do that process, that is a big phase of how you get your business to start to have explosive growth. And then I would tell you, you know, if I'm wrapping it up, I would wrap it up with telling you to not get fancy with where you're investing your time and money. That the trick when you start to have some levels of success is, is a lot of people feel like it's time to start getting their nose dabbled into 40 different things, two, three different things. And really, I would tell you, I think it's time to double down and invest back into your business. Keep investing. Now you, you went from multiplying. Okay, remember it was a bunch of time to get from one to two and two to four? Bunch of time. Now to multiply, it starts to, you, you trade time for money. So now, maybe it's not the time that I got to spend. I got to reinvest money now. I got to put time in, but I got to reinvest money now and keep pouring into my business to multiply it, multiply it. I could take $5, turn it into 10, take $5, turn it into eight. Easier over here than I can praying on the stock market. Okay, so I think that's a big thing for multiplying is keep reinvesting back into your people and back into your business. Okay, so if we're going to be savage, it starts with you. Starts with your mindset. Hardest person you ever lead is yourself. Focus on doing things that one percenters do. Don't get held down and be depressed because you can't do things. You got to make sacrifices that average people aren't willing to make. And those steps will start to help you go from average to savage and multiply your team, multiply your business. Okay. Hey, as always, not only are we grateful for you, but if you have any questions or you have anything that you would like us to cover uh, on a podcast, we're always open to ideas. And so feel free to... Uh, Message the team. Who who would they message, Joss, if they want if they had one other than me? The grind dash cast on Instagram, yep. so they could message that and and, and um, give us some ideas on anything that you want us to cover. Okay, we appreciate your time and energy, your heart, and uh, like always, we say you could have spent this time invested in anywhere, and you chose to put that into us. So we hope hope it touched your life in some way, shape, or form. God bless you. And thanks for joining us on another episode of The Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day.